away from kickoff in, in Stillwater with Tulsa and Oklahoma State. It's here, though, and, and OU kicks off Saturday against UTEP at 2.30. Uh, be sure to come out to Campus Corner at White and White and Asp. That's not uh, Wipe and Ass for anybody that thinks I'm saying that, but make it out there. We're, we all, A lot of the franchise talents out there, we do TV, we do radio. Uh, we've got a, a bar that we set up in the middle of the parking lot. It's a good time. Uh, also a good time is this podcast, and this is the flagship podcast. Also a good time is this podcast. This podcast obviously is the flagship OU football podcast. It's part of the Franchise Podcast Network, brought to you by 107.7. And today I'm going to be joined by John Hoover. Uh, we're going to break down the Big 12, and we're going to go team by team. And I've actually, I've got him on the phone right now. Um so let's 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 bring in John Hoover of the franchise uh, 107.9. Let's do this. I'm now joined by John Hoover. He writes for the franchiseok.com. You can catch him on 107.9 in Tulsa with Lauren Rue every day from noon to three. First off, John, how are you doing? Doing great. Looking forward to uh, big football season coming up, huh? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, I mean, I, I guess the Big 12 officially kicks off today with uh, mm-hmm. Oklahoma State and Tulsa tonight. So. Before that game kicked off, I wanted to run through the entire Big 12. You've been writing uh, been writing pieces on every team in the Big 12 so far leading up to the season and previewing them. I've been, really, I've been enjoying that, and I want to kind of bring it to my podcast. So, I mean, if you're ready, we're going to kick things off. We're going to spend about three minutes on each team, and then we're going to, we're going to let you get out of here because I know you've got a busy day today. Yeah, let's do it. All right, we're going to start with Baylor. Uh, I, first off, the first thing that comes, down to, comes to mind to me is – Matt Rule coming in from Temple and just I mean do you see them really taking it move making a shift in the way they play offense going from the air raid up tempo offense to maybe a more conservative ground and pound type of play yeah it's uh it's interesting Aaron the uh the, the MO in Matt Rule's career if you go back to his playing days at uh, Penn State has been ground and pound has been ball control running the football and winning with defense he inherits a Baylor team that was built for what? The spread, the the Art Bryles attack. The, the he, he said, he said, we got a lot of fast players here. Uh, we're going to try and uh, integrate what we do into what they do. Um, so that's going to be an interesting thing to see if Baylor can actually look different. And I don't think they can under year one. I think the, the coaches have to adapt themselves to the players and the talent that they have there in Waco. Yeah, I, I this kind of reminds me of back in uh, 2011 when Texas decided they were going to shift to a pro-style offense after Alabama just 
dominated them in that national championship game, and it just didn't work. They had a quarterback, Garrett Gilbert, who was built for the spread offense, and an offensive line that was built for the spread offense, and it just didn't work. And I, I would be shocked if Baylor can pull it out, especially with all the talent that they've lost through transfers and everything that's happened. Yeah, and I think uh, I think the talent that's there in, in Waco, we saw the, the headline this week that uh, Zach Smith, the, the backup quarterback last year who – you know, kind of inherited the job because of injuries and things like that. Um, he has been passed by the transfer from Arizona, uh, Anu Solomon. And Anu Solomon has come up in his three years as a quarterback at Arizona running the spread offense. So it's not it's not getting any easier. Um, you know, you lose guys, if you're Baylor, you lose guys like Shock Linwood, who's the all-time leading rusher, but did fall a little bit on the depth chart last year. He uh, got beat up a little bit, had some some injuries his senior year. Seth Russell moves on. KD Cannon's in the NFL. Ish Zamora's in the NFL. They've got some uh, answers to come up with uh, at some point for who's going to be their playmakers. They've got uh, guys who, you know, I mean, they 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 do have um, uh, the the uh, now I've forgotten his name, the running back, uh, Terrence went Williams, thousand yards last year. Yes, Terrence Williams and his backup Jamichael Hasty. Um, uh, so they so they've got some talent back there, and they've got some guys that they believe can do some things at receiver that are uh, similar to what has been there in the, in the past, such as Chris Platt. He's a guy that's going to play two ways, actually. Um, but yeah, Matt Rule is is it's interesting. He not only has to rebuild the football team, you know, in, in with uh, the the six straight losses last year, and you know, six and zero start, then six straight losses, and then they won their bowl game. He not only has to replay, uh, kind of repair the football team, he's got to repair the football program in the athletic department and the, the image of Baylor football uh, that was left behind by the Art Bryles regime. All right, so over-under wins. We're going to go over-under on every team. Baylor, they've got right. a favorable non-conference schedule, so over-under six-and-a-half wins for Baylor. Uh. Yeah, boy, just I don't know. I'm uh, gonna say, uh, oh gosh, I almost said over, over, over. Okay, uh, I'm I'm gonna take the under. I think they'll get about six. They might maybe five, but I think the non-conference they'll get a few easy wins in there. All right, we're gonna stay yep. in the uh, we're gonna stay in the cellar of the Big Twelve. We're gonna move on to a team that's got some got some hope in the future. In Iowa State, Matt Campbell. He. He hasn't had a great first uh, first year, but things turn around late in the season. He played, they played Oklahoma State competitively. They played Oklahoma competitively. I mean, is it is it okay to think that Iowa State might be moving in the right direction with Matt Campbell, or are we just is it just smoke like it usually is with Iowa State? No, I, I think there's no question that uh, Iowa State is definitely moving in the right direction. Uh, Matt Campbell, um, he he's got a. Uh, He's got a thing about him. He's got something about him. Um, and let's be honest. Let's be realistic. Uh, moving in the right direction in Ames, Iowa, is you know going six and six. Right. That's your that's your goal in Ames is to go six and six. Um, I listen. The the compelling storyline to me about um, about uh, Iowa State moving forward is they finish up last season. Uh, with a 66 to 10 blowout, uh, they just demolished Texas Tech. Most points they've ever scored against a conference opponent in school history. This is 
this is a team that has struggled to score, has struggled to have an identity, has struggled to recruit, has, has just struggled across the board. Now, we know Texas Tech last year was no great shakes. We know their defense is one of the worst in the history of college football. Uh, but for, for Iowa State to just do that was just – it's just a sign to me. It's just a sign that, that this team, this program under this coach might finally be moving in the right direction. And they, they feel so confident about it afterwards that they took their quarterback, who's been their quarterback for the last two seasons, uh, Joel Lanning, and they say, yo, man, you want to move to the linebacker? And he's like, I'd love to move the linebacker. I'm, I'm tired of uh, being chased around and getting hit. I'd like to hit somebody for a change. That's the kind of mentality that they had at quarterback the previous two years, somebody who's, a, who's actually a middle linebacker. Now they've actually got, uh, now they've actually got a quarterback. So um, it's uh, – it's, going to be interesting to watch just his you know the Jacob Park is the new quarterback he's a transfer from Georgia um, it's going to be interesting to watch his um, Matt Campbell's ability to, to take this team in another direction because he comes from you know he comes from a long line of success I mean he knows what he's doing so if he can win at Iowa State uh, I think he's, he's he's done a nice job Alan Lazard is the receiver uh, they've got a, a thousand yard running back, one of them from Oklahoma, Mike Warren. So they've got some talent in place that uh, they should be able to turn this thing around. The the Joel Lanning situation that might be the only time, and given I you know I'm, I haven't watched college football my entire life. I've probably watched it since about 2000 2001. Might be the only case that I can remember a Division One quarterback switching to linebacker voluntarily, or I mean I don't know if Campbell made him, but he did it and he's there. And then Adam uh, Alan Lazard, Lazard, he's probably the best receiver in Iowa State history. At least statistically, he's looking at breaking all the receiving records. So Jacob Park will at least have somebody reliable to throw to in that offense. Right. All right. Over under. I'm going to keep it low for them. Four and a half wins for Iowa State. <laughs> wow. Four and a half. Um, going to say under. Going to say four. Yeah, I, I got him at about. I got him at four as well. I'm going to say under. All right. Kansas, not coming off a first great two seasons with David Beatty. Got the money though. No, yeah, they got the money. The Kansas is uh, is is positioning itself smartly, I might say, for the inevitable meltdown and blow up and dissolution of the Big Twelve Conference. When think about this, you know, we we prop. You know, when when we think we talk about conference realignment, the next phase of conference realignment, we we wonder, well, Oklahoma's going to go find a home, and, Oklahoma, and Texas is going to go find a home. What about the rest of the Big Twelve? Well, Kansas does have basketball. Kansas does have basketball, so uh, you know maybe they'll be in the Big Ten. They'll be one of those teams with a really crappy football team and a really good basketball team. Hey, Kansas is just pledged three hundred million dollars to its football program. And they have uh, they're positioning themselves for when the Big 12 does dissolve. They're they're hoping that their football program will be will look a whole lot better. So you know, hey, smart move by Kansas. Also hiring David Beatty. He is a guy that's so full of energy, enthusiasm, positivity. He's one of those guys that when you compare him to somebody like you know the previous coach, some of the previous regimes there at Kansas, uh, Charlie Weiss, for instance, uh, at the Big 12 media days a few years ago. Charlie Weiss was asked what his recruiting pitch is to get kids to come to Kansas. And he says that he, he, he said that he tells kids, 
you think you can't play here? Look at that piece of crap over there. In other words, this other player that's that's trying to play at KU, he called him a piece of crap. <laughs> David Beatty is the exact opposite of that. Hey, if you come here, we're gonna we're gonna compete for championships. I promise you, we've got the thing going in the right direction. Everything. He's so much more positive. So kids really really want to play for him. Uh, as, as usual at Kansas, question is talent. Right. I and I think there is one unit that has talent on this team, and it's the defensive line. I think they might be the yeah. most underrated unit in the Big Twelve. They were first in the Big Twelve in pass defense last year, and I have a hard time believing it was because of their defensive backs. No, that's exactly right. Uh, Kansas does produce some really good defensive backs uh, uh, through the years that are that are in the NFL and make Pro Bowls. But um, you know, and Fish Smithson last year's team was was a good one. But but you're right. Uh, Dorrance Armstrong is the Big Twelve Defensive Player of the Year for a team that that went two and ten last year. Think about that. Two and ten team produces the Big Twelve preseason Defensive Player of the Year. He's a heck of a player, and he's going to. Um, if you can, especially in the Big 12 Conference, if you can get in the backfield and disrupt things just slightly, just a little bit, if you can uh, put a little pressure on, knock guys off their routes, get in the quarterback's vision, uh, Dorrance Armstrong, big, tall, long arms can do those things. So he's a guy that can disrupt a lot of offenses in the Big 12. Kansas, over under three and a half wins. Oh, three and a half. I'm going to go over. I'm going to go four. I'm going to go four. I'm going under. I got them I'm at – I'm so uh, optimistic. Two, yeah. <laughs> uh, it, yeah. It's got to be interesting to be a fan of a football team that's op- – optimism is four wins. All right. We're going to stay – be rough. Right. We're going to stay in Kansas. Uh, we're going to move to Manhattan and, and go to Kansas State. And, I, I mean, they're getting a lot of praise preseason. Some people are picking them to go to the Big 12 title game. But but for me, I I don't Jesse Ertz isn't a guy that I th- know that I can trust to lead me from behind to win a game through the air. I mean, are you confident as just with Jesse Ertz at quarterback in the Big Twelve? I actually am, uh, and and not that he's going to be the next Sam Bradford or Brandon Whedon or or you know Graham Harrell or anybody like that. He's trying to be the next Colin Klein. Colin Klein was a below fifty percent passer sometimes, but just. But he sat there on the uh, on the Heisman finalist podium. He was a Heisman finalist in New York City uh, because he ran uh, the football, because he did it effectively, because he led his team to victory. He was a great leader. That's what Jesse Hurts is trying to be: is the next Colin Klein. He wants, and he's a better passer. Don't don't make any mistake. What I'm saying here, he's a bit, much better passer than than Colin Klein was. Uh, not obviously the tank of a runner, but he's a smart guy. He's deceptively fast. He's athletic. And he is. He's a tremendous leader. Guys in, in Manhattan love to follow him. The question becomes who, you know, who, who, do this, he ha, who does he have around him? They um, had the, the, his, his starting center, uh, Nivar, was a guy who was, uh, had to retire because of concussions. So they went from bringing back four starters on the offensive line to three. Uh, that's, that's a concern. Reed Nivar was his first name. Uh, and, uh, you know, when when you start losing pieces that you don't expect, um, you know, and you you go into the to the preseason thinking that you're you're going to be one thing, and and you know things happen, circumstances happen, and uh, next thing you know, you know you're wondering who's who's going to be the next guy. They're having to move players around the offensive line because of Navar's retirement. Um, players in the uh, in the 
receiver core, players in the running back, in the in the in the backfield. Uh, Justin Sillman here from Tulsa Union is a guy that is their leading returning running back, but it, it appears that he hasn't yet won the job going into the into the preseason. I think or into the season opener. I think Bill Snyder said uh, he still hasn't won the job yet. So, um, you know, and then defensively, K State is what K State always is. Uh, solid in the back end. They're gonna they're gonna mix them, some things up uh, up front. They're gonna try and create some pressure. Um, this is a this is a team that is is going to confuse some people defensively. Uh, but but boy, the the defensive line itself. When you start talking about Will Gary, who's a first team All Big Twelve defensive tackle, Trey Deshaun is a, a Big Twelve defensive freshman of the year. Reggie Walker was a, a sack master last year. Uh, Kendall Adams. Man, I'm I'm just these these guys can, can do some things on defense. That's why I picked them to be the dark horse to play in the Big Twelve championship game. Real quick, yes or no? Is this Bill Snyder's last year? Yes. Yes. Okay. And over under seven and a half for Kansas State. Way over. I'm going to give them like ten ten wins. Okay. I've also got them over, but I, I don't. I'm not. I'm not as bullish on them. I got them at about eight wins. Uh, TCU, a team that. A lot of people thought we're going to be really good last year, and there again, there's a lot of people that are high on them this year. I mean, can they win with Kenny Hill? I mean, that's the first thing that comes to my mind is it's Kenny Hill a winning quarterback at TCU. Yeah, I've heard that a lot. I've heard that question a lot this preseason. Um, listen, we all grow up. I'm I was much smarter at 25 than I was at 20. Uh, and I think that that uh, Kenny Hill's going through some of that right now, where he looks back on, and he was asked about it at Big 12 Media Days. Uh, you know, are we going to see Trill Hill again? The right. the name that his father and he agreed was a good idea to market the Kenny Hill brand. I mean, are you kidding me? As a freshman in college, um, so they so they've grown up uh, and and accepted. You know, that was back at Texas A&M. Obviously, now he's at TCU. He's transferred. He's closer to home. Things he, he seems more grounded. The thing that Gary Patterson wants out of Kenny Hill is to not try to win the game on every play. He is a fantastic player. He's very dynamic, very skilled, talented, athletic, all that stuff. He wants him to to be better in the pocket. He wants him to be better uh, distributing the football, knowing the system, being patient, leading the team, commanding the huddle. Those are the things that, that Gary Patterson and the, the quarterback's coach there, Sonny Cumbie, are trying to teach Kenny Hill. And I think they saw lots of progress that first season. This uh, this coming season is, is the thing. If they can get really, really good quarterback play, it doesn't have to be spectacular. Just don't, you know, throw pick sixes. Right. Don't fumble the ball in, in the backfield. Don't uh, make the wrong read and throw it to the other team. If they can just get good quarterback play out of Kenny Hill, I think, uh, this is the fourth best team in the Big 12. I think they've got a chance to win 10 games. I think they've got a chance to possibly, if other teams stumble, to possibly compete for the Big 12 title. Big 12 title. My my biggest uh, issue with this offense last year was, I mean, the receivers dropped a lot of balls. They weren't running good routes. But at the same time, Kenny Hill just he didn't throw a catchable ball to me. He if he could dial it back a little bit uh, for I mean a receiver group that really just was underwhelming last year I think this offense can take a huge step forward he reminds me a lot of uh if you watch early practice tapes of Brett Favre he just throws the ball 150 miles an hour and it's just almost impossible for a receiver to catch especially in the 
let alone practice in a game. So if they can get Kenny Hill a little a little calmer and, and like you said, be more of a leader, be more vocal in that huddle, I mean, and not make the big mistakes, this offense could take a step forward. And the defense has – they have a lot of returning ex- experience. They've got a lot of upperclassmen that are projected to start. I, I, I think this – I think, like you said, this could be the third or fourth best team in the in the conference. They've got a favorable non-conference outside of a what might be a tough game at Arkansas. They've got SMU and Jackson State. Yeah. Over under TCU um, – Go ahead. Well, yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna couch, the, you know, they're at OU this year, they're at Kansas State, they're right. at Oklahoma State, they're at Arkansas. Tough conference. This is a tough over under. Yeah, I can't, uh, I can't imagine that they're gonna win uh, uh, a bunch of games with that, um, you know, with that uh, schedule, that mm-hmm. road schedule. But that means they're gonna win a lot of games at home. I think they beat Baylor. Uh, what's the, what's your over under right now? Seven and a half. I'm gonna go eight. Eight. Um, I'm gonna go over two. I, I think this is a team that can win nine games. I think that they can squeak one out. Uh, one of those road games at Oklahoma State or at Kansas State. I think they're gonna get one, maybe both of those. Moving down to Austin. I mean, we're talking about a team that a lot of people. Again, I keep saying a lot of people. General consensus. A lot of people feel that. The Big 12, the success, the image of the Big 12, it hinges a lot on what the Longhorns can do in Austin. They've got a new coach in Tom Herman. I mean, does he? is this a situation where he's probably going to need it here before Texas takes that big step? Or do you – I mean, can it happen this year? Um, he has uh, He has been good at, uh, at turning around – big turnarounds his first year. Uh, he did it at Houston. Uh, he did it when he was offensive coordinator at uh, at Ohio State. I saw a list yesterday where where some media voted him the most overrated coach in America, most overrated Power Five coach in America. So I kind of fall in between those two things. I don't think he's going to turn it around because I just think you you've got a whole mindset that has been in place. Uh, the none, only three of the players on this current team, only three, and they're they're all uh, fifth year seniors have experienced a winning season in college football. So the other however many, 82 players or however many scholarships they've allotted this year, every one of them has never experienced a winning season in college football. So he's got a lot of um, internal repairs to execute there, and he thinks he's doing it. He's very confident he's doing it. He was asked if they're a top 25 team. He said no. We're not a top 25 team. We're a 5-17 and 17 because that's what our record was last year. So, um, man, I, I just don't see it. I'm, I'm like, uh, I'm not from Missouri. I worked there for six months at a newspaper, a small paper there. But uh, I'm one of those guys that's like, yeah, Texas, fine, show me. Show me for once that uh, you deserve to be ranked in the top 25. You know, it's the same thing right. with Texas A&M, Tennessee, Notre Dame, Arkansas, all those types of schools. Texas has fallen in that in that grouping. Of, of teams that think they're way better than they than they really are. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I agree with you. I, mean, I, I need to see it on the field from Texas before I start to believe in them. But but if I have to look at, at the paper, I mean, they've got probably the best quarterback they've had in seven years. And I'm not saying Shane Bouchelle's a, a world beater or anything, but compared to Case McCoy and David Ash and whatever other guys, Jalen Jalen Hurd, whatever they put it back on there, I, I like Shane Bouchelle better than those guys. 
they return a lot of players. They're returning 37 out of their 44 in the two deep. But, I mean, piggybacking again off of what you said, I mean, those players just don't know what it what it's like to win in college football or, I mean, really what it takes because they just haven't had that success. So, I mean, there's a lot of pressure on Tom Herman at Texas. There's a lot of pressure on Texas from the rest of the Big 12. I, I'm, I'm with you. I just don't know that's going to happen this year. I do think it will happen. I think Tom Herman is a good enough coach that he can get them back to competitive in the Big 12 and, and maybe going to play for a couple of Big 12 titles. But yeah, I, I don't I don't think he's – Go ahead. They've got ten, 10 starters back on defense, and their defense really was very average last year. Right. Eighth and seventh in all the major, you know, fifth and one, uh, the major statistical categories. So, uh, obviously, the the, the um, competition has been wide open. The doors have been open because if you bring back 10 starters off of a defense that wasn't any good last year, uh, Malik Jefferson is the man, obviously. Puna Ford is the man at defensive tackle, obviously. But anybody else? Has anybody else locked down a job and said, I'm the man because I started last year and I played great? No. Right. I mean, just because you have returning starters doesn't mean you want them to play. I mean, they, you know, if they were bad, they were. you would assume they're not going to be great again this year. Over under seven yep. and a half wins for Texas. See, I'd have to count this one up individually. Um, under. Wait, seven. you said seven and a half? Seven and a half. I'm going to go under. I'm going to go seven. Seven. Okay, I've got it over. I think they're. I think they're going to be able to pull out eight wins this season. Uh, I think they'll play competitive early and just once they get into, they've got a tough stretch from October seventh to the twenty first. They get K State, OU, and Oklahoma State three consecutive games. I think that'll be a tough stretch that might end up being the thing that breaks their season. Keep it in Texas Tech. Uh, keep it in Texas. We're going to go to Texas Tech. I, this. I mean, they. This might be the. They're going to win more games in Kansas and Iowa State probably, but I think this might be the most disappointing team in the Big 12 come 2017. Texas Tech, they were so terrible last year on defense. Uh, it would not surprise me if they lose that opener, honest to goodness, uh, against Eastern Washington. That's how bad their defense is. Um, they, they had that one game last year. They had three games last year where they gave up 60, almost 70 points. Uh, just Just absurd. And the, the the questions at Big 12 Media Days have turned into Cliff. Uh, yeah, I have a question for Cliff. Uh, Cliff, what the heck is wrong with your defense? Why can you not recruit anybody who can play even a little sliver of defense? It's amazing. The, like the media uh, that covers these guys has even turned on them. Their defense is so bad. Yeah, I'm, I mean, they should turn on them. It's ridiculous that how many teams can score 55 points score 59 points and, and lose those games it's it's mind-boggling to me that this defense can be that bad that Patrick Mahomes can throw for 750 yards and have <laughs> the best game ever by a college quarterback arguably and they lose and, and with that being said how do you re- I mean can they how do you replace Patrick Mahomes the only reason they won games last year was because of Patrick Mahomes so I, I Cliff Kingsbury's on he, he's He's on short. He's on a short leash, and I, I would be shocked if he's the head coach in Lubbock next year. You know, here's a here's a hot sports take for you. I don't expect them to go zero and twelve. I really don't. I mean, they'll, I don't they'll, either. Their offense is good enough. They'll beat somebody. But I'm looking at their schedule, and I'm being as honest as I can. They could lose every game. 
They could yeah. lose. There's no doubt I, in my mind they could lose at Kansas. They could lose to Iowa State at home, 66 to 10 last year in Ames. There's there's not a game on this schedule where you look at it and you say, well, they'll definitely win that one. There's just not. Yeah, I, I I'm in the same boat with you. I. I would feel comfortable saying they could win four games, but at the same time, I'd be comfortable saying they win one game or don't win any games just because, like we've said, the defense is terrible. They lost Patrick Mahomes on offense. This team team is not going to look good. I mean, are you in the boat that Kingsbury's probably gone after this season? Definitely gone. Definitely gone. Um, He might might not survive the season because their their defense has not improved uh, much at all. Uh, they're going. Their their offense certainly hasn't hasn't improved. Nick Shimanek is a nice Texas Tech system quarterback, but he's no Patrick Mahomes, a first round draft pick. So um, I don't expect any. What whatever you got for the over under, put me down for the under. under. Okay, I, I had it at five and a half. I, I'm with you. I'm going under two. Um, any anywhere from no wins to four wins, I would not be shocked. All right, we're gonna go up to. Uh, place you know a geographical location that doesn't quite fit in with the rest of the big 12 we're gonna go to morgantown go up in the mountains <laughs> dana got a big extension i whether it's warranted or not I, I i don't know i think that they've they've always been a little underwhelming to me since dana holgerson got there i mean is it are you buying this team in the big 12 i mean they lost a lot of players from last year and, and really yeah i i didn't think they were that great last year i think they they won a lot of close games, and it, it, you can look at through all the history books. If you win a lot of close games, the odds of you being good the next year are pretty slim because you're just going to lose the flip of the coin that the next year in those close games. Yeah, you could make a case that the three best teams they played last year blew them out. Um, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, and um, Miami in the bowl game. Uh, they, I thought they were good last year. I thought they had one of the Big 12's better defenses. I will agree. With I didn't that. think they were great. This this team is uh, pro, is not going to be as good. They lost a bunch of starters, as you said. Um, they they uh, they're having to remake themselves a lot. I tell you what, Will Greer was such a great player in high school in that he. I don't. I, I mean, I never saw him play. I didn't see any of his games, but he comes with so many accolades. National Player of the Year, Parade Magazine high school player of the year and when it he's he's seen as like a, a dan marino type who can who can run a little bit he's seen as a big armed uh prototype passer you know and and by golly when a when a mickey mouse offense like west virginia gets a prototype passer like will greer look how things can turn around i think a great example of that and i said this when when we saw it happen was 2008 when Sam Bradford when Oklahoma had a first round draft pick in Sam Bradford and they switched to a Mickey Mouse offense they switched to an up tempo throw it 50 times a game offense we saw NCAA records being broken and they played for a national championship so that's what can happen but there are question marks about Greer why he had to transfer from Florida uh, why he took PEDs apparently you know what right. <laughs> there's, there's lots of questions about that he got a year long suspension from the NCAA the, you know his his dad apparently going to the Florida coach Jim McElwain and saying, "So uh, when he gets back from his suspension midseason, he's going to be the starter, right?" And McElwain's like, "What? No, of course not. I can't disrupt this team in the middle of the season." And that's why they transferred. Uh, there's there's questions about Will Greer, and, and you know if he can reboot himself and and have a great start to his college career in uh, 
in Morgantown. I mean, he was six and zero as a starter in, in Gainesville, so that's pretty good. But if he 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 needs to restart, refresh, all that good stuff. I don't think he's got a ton of talent around him to do it this uh, year. They, they I don't have, either. I think, four starters back on offense and three on defense. Yeah, and, that's that's yep. not gonna yeah, that's not gonna make for a championship. Yeah, I'm not I'm not buying. I can't buy into the Will Greer the Will Greer hype yet because I mean, yes, he was six and zero at Florida, but. I mean, as it's pretty well known that Florida really doesn't play anybody until what week four, week five. So, I mean, he might have had two or three games where you could really take something away from it. Yeah, I, I, I think this is a team that it's probably it's gonna they're gonna be underwhelming this year. I I'm over under six and a half wins. Yeah, I'm gonna say over. I'm gonna say seven. Seven. Uh, I'm gonna say under. I got them at six. I think they're gonna. I think they'll finish 500 and maybe squeak into a bowl game if they get invited somewhere. All right, we're gonna move into the state that we we both live in. Both cover the two teams that we were around the most. We're gonna start with Oklahoma State and Stillwater. Who this might be the biggest preseason hype, the biggest expectations they've had up there since what 2011. Uh, when they went 11 and one, and probably are, maybe should have been in the national championship, if you ask a lot of people uh, in Big 12 country that they should have got in over Alabama. But like Texas, like a lot of those teams, I, I need to see it on the field. I need to see them live up to the hype because it seems like every year they're they kind of let let you down a little bit based on the preseason hype. The last year, last year they played good. They won 10 games, but. I need to see them beat OU, and I need to see them put together a, se- a great season from start to finish. Yeah, we, we've we asked this question before about uh, about Mike Gundy. Does he have a Bob Stoops problem? Well, he doesn't have a Bob Stoops problem anymore. No, he doesn't. So uh, now does he have a Oklahoma problem? You know, Bob Stoops wasn't at, uh, wasn't at Oklahoma when Mike Gundy was a player, uh, but there were the Sooners did have quite a few All-Americans back then. Uh, so, so is it is Mike Gundy's problem himself? Is it is it in his head? You know, are the Sooners with that uh, OU logo on the side of the helmet? Are they in his head? And if they are, I think we saw evidence of that last year, where the, at the end of the half, Gundy had a chance to to you know do some things to to get down the field with some time on the clock and a timeout on the on the scoreboard, and they're at midfield, and and he takes a knee and says, "Ah, we're good." I think the players felt that, knew that something was wrong there they didn't believe in their coach they didn't respond well in the second half and Oklahoma won going away uh despite some injuries that the Sooners suffered so um it, that was uh, you're right there's a little bit of show me aspect to this to this particular team um I do think that their receiver core is without a doubt and far and away the best in the country oh I agree Those I think guys are yeah they're unbelievable. I think James Washington is a legit Bolitnikoff candidate, probably the favorite, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if he was in New York for the Heisman ceremony in December because I, as, as long as he can stay on the field, I think that he's going to put up huge numbers um, along with Mason Rudolph, who whether Mason Rudolph is a great college football quarterback or not, he's, like you said, he's got the great receiver core, a lot of experience, and then, you know, tack on Justice Hill, who had a great year last year and has – you know, a lot of high expectations this year. They might be the best offense in the Big 12, but again, it comes back to defense with them. Is yeah. is this defense uh, playoff can playoff worthy? Are they even Big 12 championship worthy? 
It's a legitimate question. Um, the, the the thing about James Washington, I'm, I'm skeptical that he's going to be uh, put up the kind of numbers. He's got the ability. He'd be a first round draft pick, but I'm skeptical that he'll put the put up the kind of numbers that will get him a big postseason accolade tour. Uh, Jalen McCleskey actually led the team in receiving last year, and he's back yeah. this year. Um, the, you add a guy like Tyron Johnson, the the fresh the uh, the transfer from uh, LSU. You bring a guy back uh, from <clears throat> from injury, and Marcel Aitman, who's who's a big you know six four two twenty. They're going to be throwing to him a lot. Uh, I, I just I think they're going to have to. And I've asked I've asked and I've asked Mike Gundy this about trying to spread the trying to get guys their their numbers, trying to get everybody you know James Washington his and Marcel Aitman his and Chris Lacey his. How do you do that? How do you, you know, when you've got that many talent, it's like there's only one football. It's like uh, the Golden State Warriors. There's only one basketball. Uh, you know, everybody gets a piece. And over the course of 12 games, you hope everybody gets a lot of pieces. Right. But, uh, yeah, uh, the question with defense, I'll say this about their defense. Defense doesn't exactly win games in the Big 12 Conference. So, no. no, they do not. You know, if they can get some timely turnovers, if they can get a sack here or there, uh, force a field goal instead of a touchdown on third down. I think Oklahoma State has as, has as active and capable a defense as anybody in the Big 12. Over under nine and a half wins for the Cowboys. Over. I'm picking them to win the Big 12. Got them over. Okay, I got them over as well. I think they're going to win nine games. Uh, and then last but not least, we're going to move down to Norman, who they've got the the bougie sexy facilities now that will compete with any other program in the nation. They've got a Heisman favorite coming back in Baker Mayfield. They've got a lot of key players on defense coming back. But, I mean, I Baker can get defensive all he wants, and I, but I think it's a valid question. <laughs> <laughs> Where are, Who are his playmakers? Does he have his playmakers this year? And are they going to find him early enough to win at Ohio State and, and to win the Big 12 and make a playoff run? No, that's the that's the question. Um, can, it, it would they have to do what they did last year, and that's run the table in the Big Twelve. Um, obviously, they won't have Houston at Houston gumming things up like they did last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they lose to Ohio State, they're going to have to win every game in the Big Twelve uh, and the Big Twelve championship to get to the playoff. Um, the the a couple of notes about last about yesterday's um, uh, depth chart released they released the two deep and there were a couple of questions that everybody has uh about this team one of them is cd lamb the receiver starting receiver he's the x he's the one of the wideouts. uh he's a freshman he's a true freshman um another one is jeff bedette the the guy from kentucky who we you know had a great preseason he's he was very productive at kentucky he's a backup on the other side to jeffrey mead he's got three what three times four times as many catches in his career as jeffrey mead does yeah. And yet Meade is, uh, at least for the season opener, is beating him out. And then on defense, Kenneth Murray, a starting middle linebacker, and he's a true freshman. That has never happened in the, in the Bob Stoops. That never happened in the Bob Stoops era. And I think what we're getting to there is that Lincoln Riley is really putting his stamp on on this team and this program that, you know, it doesn't, uh, doesn't matter if you're a true freshman. Uh, if you if you've got the ability, I'm going to trust you. Now there may be some things that Lincoln Riley learns along the way, like you don't really trust a true freshman at middle linebacker, or you don't right. really trust a true freshman 
at, at your punt return uh, because of a big game situation. He fumbles at the horseshoe, and Ohio State marches in for a 14 nothing lead. That's when Lincoln Riley grows as a coach, you know, if, if something like that happens. But if something like that doesn't happen, you know, he, then he for sure has put his stamp on this program. The question is, does Baker Mayfield have enough playmakers around him? I mean, those three guys that are in the NFL right now, they're in the NFL right now for a reason because they were they were fantastic. They set records at OU for a reason because they were extremely talented players. And they're, they're that much talent in one year. I don't know if you can just plug guys in and say, okay, we're going to win another Big Twelve. I mean, those guys aren't just play. I mean, those guys aren't just in the NFL. Those guys look like they're going to be playmakers in the NFL and and be legit NFL players. I mean, that that. Yeah, I mean you're right. How do you replace those guys? Jeff Bidette, though, I think that I think that's a guy that's going to find his way into the starting lineup at some point in the season. Uh, they talked about him missing spring spring ball has really hurt him because uh, he's just been kind of behind in learning the offense. So I think that might be why he's not starting against UTEP. He might just not be ready as far as a, a mental and uh, knowledge of the offense aspect. Or mm-hmm. maybe there I don't know. Maybe there's just something with his performance that I haven't seen uh, with my limited access to practice but I think that he's insanely athletic he's got the experience I they've got to find a way to get him on the field um and and, and yeah and, and the middle linebacker behind Kenneth Murray on the, on the two deep was John Michael Terry who is a redshirt freshman but nonetheless he still hasn't had any on-field experience so mm-hmm. you move into a 4-3 that middle linebacker is usually I mean he's the quarterback of your defense so I mean, Lincoln, like you said, putting a lot of faith in, in his young guys. And I mean, they've, you've got a tough game week two yeah. in Columbus. And to ask these freshmen to have big impacts in the game, it's going to be tough. But I, I, I like them. I like their chances to win at Ohio State this year. I, I don't know what it is. I just I like this team a little bit better than I liked them last year, maybe because the offensive line uh, has another year of experience. The defense. I think the defense were embarrassed, but last year by their performances, and I think they're going to step up. At the same time, I'm a little worried that they're going to press early in the season because their motto has been start fast, and I'm worried that they're going to they're just going to press and they're going to make mistakes. But I, I I don't I don't think it, it would be a tough argument to say that this team is the most talented team in the Big Twelve. Oklahoma State definitely has a, a dog in that fight as well, but. OU over under ten and a half wins this season. I'm going to go under ten wins. Ten wins. So does that mean that who do you have in the Big Twelve title game? Do you have OU and Oklahoma State in a rematch of Bedlam? Yeah, OU and OSU. And and here's the scenario. I said OSU would win the Big Twelve. I think OSU wins the Big Twelve regular season title, beating o- OU in Stillwater. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But when you put both teams in a rematch at that Jerry World, I'm going to have to pick the Sooners. Uh, in that one. I mean, we'll see how it all plays out, and I'll make my Big 12 championship game picked in. But as of right now, I've got OSU winning the regular season title, uh, and if they rematch, I do think Oklahoma would have an advantage down in Dallas. Uh, yeah, I've, I've got OU under. I've got both uh, Oklahoma teams at 10 and a half, or, I'm sorry, 10 wins, and uh, I, I agree with you. I think Oklahoma State wins Bedlam in uh, Stillwater, and then if and then the rematch. I like Oklahoma. Just be, I mean, it's a neutral site game, and Oklahoma they've been in big games like that. And I, I like them to win with Baker at quarterback. All right, uh, John. Again, thank you for coming on. Um, where can people follow you on uh, Twitter? 
On Twitter, at John E. Hoover. You can also find me at face, on Facebook. Uh, all my stuff is posted there as well. It's uh, Facebook.com. What is it? John E. Hoover Media. Um, you can also find me on Instagram, John Hoover 1025. Not too active on that one, but if that's your thing. Uh, and uh, obviously, keep up with us every day. There's tons, not just my stuff, but tons of good content at TheFranchiseOK.com. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, we we try to put, we have content going up almost every day, multiple times a day sometimes. So, yeah, check out thefranchiseok.com. Check out uh, John on Twitter. And, uh, I mean, we're, we're, hell, we're at just a few hours away from the Big 12 season kicking off and really college football kicking off a of week one. Uh, John, thank you for coming on. Appreciate it. Okay, Aaron. See you, man. All right. Talk to you later. Captain Insano shows no mercy. I want you to visualize all those people that have been mean to you, and then I want you to attack. I want you to visualize and then attack. Can you handle that? I try. I'd... Just gonna try. What's the matter with you, boy? You too stupid. Stupid to do what your coach tells you? <laughs> no. No what? I didn't mean to hurt you. Coach told me to pretend. <laughs> <laughs>